Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, I am so excited to have two extraordinary men on today, vegan athletes. They have written this new book called The Plant-Based Athlete. It's fantastic. I even felt fitter just leafing through the pages. Absolutely extraordinary. Robert Cheek, you and I are buds. We go way back. We run into each other at a zillion veg fest. You've written other books. You are a dynamo in this field. What is the unique aspect of the plant-based athlete? Why should people get this book right now and either listen to it, read it, uh, download it on Kindle? Jane, thank you so much. The reason this book is different is because there's no other book like this. This is the most comprehensive how to become a plant-based athlete book there is out there, largely because we interviewed 60 of the world's greatest plant-based athletes. Their interviews, their day in the life routines, their recipes are all in the book. It's also evidence-based, which is why we had Dr. Michael Greger write the foreword for the book and Dr. T. Colin Campbell endorsed the book and Dr. Will Bolsowitz endorsed the book and Cyrus Kambata and so many others. And so the, the, the science has started to catch up with the plant-based diet and lifestyle and showing how that impacts athletics. So when we have anecdotal stories from all of these great athletes like James Wilkes who created the Game Changers, who's in the book, along with Dotsie Bausch and Scott Jurek and Rip Esselstyn from the Game Changers and Fiona Oaks and Megan Duhamel and so many other world record holders and Olympic gold medalists, there's a reason why their performance is so good, why their recovery is good, why their energy is so uh, ideal and why they perform at an optimal level. And now we have some of those studies to share explaining why a plant-based diet is so conducive to athletics. So if I read your book, for example, and figure out what Dotsie Bausch is having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and eat the same thing, maybe I'll be able to cycle across town. Uh, Dotsie Bausch is the vegan Olympic cyclist who runs Switch for Good and who really is a living embodiment of how dynamic the plant-based diet can make you as an athlete. So Matt, um, you uh, bring the long distance, sort of the the long distance runner into this. It's not just about lifting weights. It's about endurance. It's about going for a long period of time. There is this canard, you know, the meat and dairy industry, of course, you know, has tried to associate um, plant-based with somehow lack of masculinity. But what the game changers showed, what obviously Robert Cheek shows, masculinity, his, but, oh, we're hearing you, darling. Um, yes, uh, is that... Uh, a plant-based diet increases your endurance, increases your um, recovery time. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's actually uh, nothing new. Like to, to me, the the bodybuilding and the strength sports, like that's kind of the the newest development. The past five years, that's just really taken off, uh, and plant-based diet has has just sort of taken over. Um, you know, many of the diets of the athletes in those sports, but the endurance has been happening for a long time. Uh, when I got into this in 2009, it was all about uh, Scott Jurek was, was, you know, perhaps the greatest ultra runner ever to live. And uh, he was one of the original people eating a plant-based diet and, and talking about how he thought it might benefit, benefit his performance. Uh, Brendan Brazier doing the same thing. Everyone knows Rich Roll, of course. Um, and, and even before that, people in the ultra running circuit, this is races over marathon distance. So, so 50K, which is 31 miles, 50 miles, hundred miles, even more, uh, they had discovered back in the eighties and nineties that, that if they ate a plant-based diet, since that was mostly what they were eating anyway, while they were, while they were running, that's pretty much what everyone's eating while they're running, because that's the food that is most easily digested and keeps you going without a, a big, you know, taxation on your system. Um, they found that if they eat that all the time, it turned out they were performing better. Uh, and ultra running is just sort of one of those kind of niche sports where like a little hack like that can, can be the difference between uh, winning a race and coming in second or third or, or not finishing at all. And so, you know, in the endurance, it was kind of like, that's kind of where this plant-based diet really first took hold uh, as far as athletes go. So uh, absolutely. It's uh, you mentioned recovery and you mentioned shorter recovery times. That's the primary benefit that uh, so many athletes strength and endurance 
cite as, as the reason they go plant-based is because it helps them recover faster so that they can get out there again for a workout sooner, therefore getting more workouts in than the competition or on a much more amateur recreational level, like, like me, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get out there for more workouts faster, but it means that when you come back from a, from a workout and you get back for the next one, you're better recovered so that, so that it's not just that your performance improves, but your likelihood of getting injured goes way down. And anyone who's ever tried distance running for any amount of time knows that injury is a huge part of the sport. Uh, and for me and so many others, once you go plant-based, uh, injury really, really becomes a non-factor if you do everything else right. We are talking to the authors of The Plant-Based Athlete, two amazing athletes in their own right, Robert Cheek, bodybuilder. Give us a flex, dude. Look at that. That's vegan muscle. And Matt Frazier, uh, marathoner extraordinaire. We got a caller on hold. Sarah, your question or thought for these gentlemen. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, hey, I wanted to ask you, Let's say that you're not an athlete, but you do activities that are athletic. Wouldn't, what is your advice to the av- everyday person that maybe rides Peloton or they even don't want to compete at the Olympic level or anything, but they do want to feel good and healthy and recover from just their workout in general? What would you say to the general public that more or less maybe not? could reach that, you know, that, how would they do that? Could you give me some advice? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, question. Go ahead, Matt. S- Sarah, uh, uh, thank you for that. And Jane, by the way, that feedback was actually me sharing this <laughs> live on hey. Facebook a hey. moment ago. I had to turn the volume hey. down. Apologize for that. No Sarah, Sarah, that is a great question because we actually wrote this for the average person, not just the athlete. We really wanted to keep everybody in mind. So the active person who likes to garden or go for a walk, or like you said, do Peloton every once in a while, or do a yoga or Pilates class. What we really wanted to do was kind of redefine the word athlete that I think a lot of people aren't giving themselves enough credit. For example, Dotsie Bausch, we mentioned, yes, she went on to win an Olympic medal, but she wasn't even an athlete until she was in her mid twenties, until she embraced this uh, sport of track cycling or, or cycling in general. And then got into track cycling specifically. And so really, Sarah, the benefits are the fact that if you eat the most nutrients per calorie, with a, which a plant-based diet does, and we know that based on the ANDI score, the aggregate nutrient density index from Joel Furman, that there are more nutrients per calorie in leafy green vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, fruits, legumes, nuts, and seeds than there are in animal protein, that this is going to benefit any type of active lifestyle, right? So you're not going to get... All, Typically, you're not going to get a bunch of excess calories. You're not going to get uh, dietary cholesterol or or excess saturated fat if you're eating primarily whole plant-based foods. And as Matt talked about, as I talked about, as Jane mentioned, the athletic recovery, as you consume uh, anti-inflammatory compounds rather than pro-inflammatory compounds, this can reduce inflammation for uh, no matter what you do. If you, if you go on dog walks, if you like to go for a hike, if you do the occasional cycling or, or jogging or whatever. And so the benefits uh, extend far beyond those that have athletic endeavors to compete at a high level. And to, to put that in the real world, Uh, Matt and I, if we're being honest, we haven't competed at a high level in a long time. Yes, Matt has run 100 miles at a time. He's he's done a 100-mile race and a number of 50-mile races and a bunch of marathons, and he qualified for Boston Marathon. And yes, I won bodybuilding competitions and all of that. But in recent years, and now we're in our 40s, we're exercising for the fun of it, for the benefit of it. uh, and, And we don't even necessarily consider ourselves to be serious athletes these days, yet we're benefiting from the from the plant based diet that, you know, for the same reasons that others that are competing at very high level benefit from primarily high antioxidants, high vitamin and mineral nutrient content, great anti-inflammatory compounds, and this uh, diet that assists in longevity and, and, and as Matt mentioned, reducing injury and preventing inflammation. And we are talking to the authors of The Plant-Based Athlete. I've been pouring through this book. It's an incredible gift to give people for um, the holidays, for their birthday. Somebody, let's say, who might be talking all the time, oh, I want to work out more, I want this, I want that. Well, 
this is the guidebook and the roadmap that can get them there. Now, um, one of the things that you do in this book, which I love, is you dispel false narratives that are perpetrated by, for example, the meat and dairy industry about protein, about fat. Can you um, talk a little bit, Matt, about chapter five, fat? It's not all bad. Tell us, tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fat, uh, just like carbohydrates and protein hasn't had its turn yet, but I think that day is coming has, has gone through its period where it was vilified as, as the problem nutrient and the reason that our, that our country was sick. Uh, in fact, you know, all these reasons, I mean, all of these time periods we go through, the real problem is that we don't eat actual whole foods and, and we eat all this processed stuff. Um, so the, the fat that shows up in those, the carbohydrate that shows up in those, even the protein that shows up in those usually is not of the type that is, uh, is helpful to us. Uh, the way it is when it comes from fresh fruits and vegetables, beans and legumes, whole grains, nuts and seeds. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, fat is, is an essential part of everyone's diet. Uh, you can get, you know, somewhere between 10% and, and 20, 25%. Uh, it's, it's a fairly broad range. You can be in and, and be a healthy person as long as you're getting healthy fats. I generally like to get them from whole foods. So, and not, not the store, although I do go there plenty, um, but get them from whole food sources. Uh, rather than from oils. It's not that, not that extra virgin olive oil is the worst thing in the world. Um, I think I certainly use plenty of it. Uh, but when you're thinking about fat as a, as a nutritional component of your diet, and you're designing your diet around getting X amount of fat, um, I tend to want to build that in with whole foods. So nuts and seeds are definitely for me a preferable source of fat because they come in the package that nature intended. They come with the, the other things that will help that fat um, you know, best be used by your system and lessen the, the overall caloric density because you know, fat has nine calories per gram compared to carbohydrate and protein that have only four calories per gram. And if you're eating hundred percent pure fat, it doesn't take up very much room in your stomach. So like two tablespoons of olive oil, I believe has something like, uh, nearly 300 calories and takes up two tablespoons worth of volume in your stomach. So it doesn't really fill you up at all. Whereas if you ate 300 calories of, of lettuce to take the opposite extreme, um, or even some other fruits and vegetables, you know, you can, you can fill your stomach and be pretty satiated from 300 calories. So that's kind of the danger of a fat is it allows you to eat lots and lots of calories, perhaps many more than you're intending to. Um, and for that reason, it has, has this bad rap, but, uh, you know, fat is a super important part of people's diet. It is, uh, many, many elite ultra runners, you know, their fuel comes primarily from the burning of fat, uh, rather than, than, you know, from carbohydrates. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason Fat needs to be something that is that is scary to you. Several people uh, in the plant-based space, um, you know, recommend high fat, relatively high fat diets, even for weight loss. Uh, others do it with higher carb, lower fat. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's just like every other nutrient. Like none of these nutrients are evil on their own. It's just it's just when you have too much of them in the wrong forms, then then they cause problems. And you can get them in plant-based versions. That's yes. the thing. Nuts, avocados. There's plenty of ways to get healthy fats from plants. So Robert, what inspired you to write this book? Because you have written other books. Right. Um, and uh, I, I know that feeling, right? I've written four of them. You write one and then you go, well, I guess I could write another one, but you keep building on your theme. Right. right, right. This is my fourth book on this topic. I mean, how many pages can you write about the vegan fitness lifestyle? But Jane, with this book, what I really, really wanted to do was tell the compelling stories of the world's greatest plant-based athletes. I've got my books. Matt has his books. Brendan Brazier and Rip Esselstyn and Rich Roll, they have their books. Everyone has their story, like how a plant-based diet helped them and their, you know, as, as a firefighter or as an endurance runner or as a bodybuilder or as, you know, uh, an athlete of one type or another. But what we wanted to do with this book, what, what, what I, the vision that I saw was to make the the book, like make the book for plant-based athletes. And I thought, you know, as a, as a co-author, there was nobody better than Matt Frazier, who is someone I've been friends with for more than a decade, someone who runs one of the largest, if not the largest plant-based athlete community in the world with no meat athlete. And of course I have my vegan bodybuilding community. I've been running for 20 years. And so I thought we could bring that strength community and endurance community together use our connections and knowledge in the plant-based athlete industry to interview people like Rich Roll and Scott Jurek and, and Orla Walsh and many of these people we've already mentioned and bring their stories to light because these stories are compelling. They, they are uh, amazing. I mean, when you learn about Josh Lajani, 
or Fiona Oaks or Laura Klein, you can't help but be inspired and motivated. And as you started the show with Jane, this is the book that makes you want to take one step further. Maybe you're not going to be a champion athlete or make the Olympics, but it's going to make you get out the door and, and pursue something that you're interested in. Uh, let me ask you this, Matt. Where do we stand? There have been um, so many um, athletes who have come out as plant-based. I say come out because it's kind of like coming out. Um, and um, when they do, they're really busting the myth that you have to eat animals to be a um, super athlete. So um, where do we stand culturally? Where are we? Are we at the tipping point? Are we um, close to the tipping point uh, in terms of people recognizing that eating animals is not only completely unnecessary, it's terrible for our health, it's obviously torture for the animals, and it's also contributing to climate change, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, and a host of other ills. It seems like we, we stand in a place, you, you actually put it well when you said people are beginning to understand that you don't need to eat animals in order to excel at sports. Uh, and that's, that's as far as I'm willing to go, as far as like, we don't like to make claims and say a plant-based diet's automatically gonna make you an elite athlete, or even if you already are one, it's not gonna make you the best one in your sport. It might, and there are examples of, for, of people for whom exactly that has happened. Um, but it's, for us, our goal with this book was to show that, that it absolutely is a viable option and it can work and it is not going to hold you back from a sports standpoint. And in many cases at the amateur level and the professional level, uh, it may actually, you know, ex you may experience the benefits like we're talking about. And you may find like Robert and I both did that it actually helps you do better in sports than you did before. Uh, so I think people are getting that the athlete piece is definitely um, one that helps us helps us sort of shed that idea that vegans are weak and skinny. Uh, and, and that a plant based diet is not going to make you strong and quick and powerful. So we, we have shed that which I think was a really big thing. And, and the more pro athletes that that come out, so to speak, and, and say that they're doing this, the better. Uh, we've got celebrities doing it now. There's definitely an increasing awareness and there has been, it's been kind of a slow growing thing over really the past half century, uh, this awareness that, that a plant-based diet is better for animals, better for the planets, now better for our bodies. Uh, it seems to me like we are approaching that tipping point. We know industry has caught on the fast food restaurants and plant-based is everything now. Uh, so I think we're really close to where we need to be. All right, we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. Hey guys, share this out if you're Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel
You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're here with Robert Cheek and Matt Frazier, uh, the authors of The Plant-Based Athlete, a fantastic new book just out, a game-changing approach to peak performance. You do not need to be an ultra marathoner or uh, climbing Kilimanjaro to read this book and enjoy it and get the benefits. First of all, it provides recipes of what some of the top vegan athletes are eating. And basically, I want what she's having, right? (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It's like you look at somebody who is completely ripped and doing huge athletic uh, accomplishments. And some of these people are not teenagers. Some of them are, I mean, look at Dotsie Bao. She was like the oldest person on stage to get the uh, uh, Olympic medal she won, plant-based in cycling. Um, and, and I want to know, I'm curious, what are they eating? If, if that's creating that incredible result, fitness, uh, endurance, et cetera, et cetera, um, I want to do the same thing so I can have the same result. Uh, the Game Changers, the film that came out showing some of the world's top athletes, including the strongest man in Germany and Dotsie Bausch, who was described as a machine and uh, some uh, members of the Tennessee Titans football team and all these other people. Uh, it really showed that uh, throughout sports, from football to uh, cycling, some of the top uh, professionals are plant-based now. Is it increasing? I don't know who wants to take this. Uh, the yeah. Tennessee Titans were a breakthrough, but are we seeing now a lot more people within the sporting world go plant-based? Then? J- Jane, we are. And I am a, a massive sports fan. Surprised I'm not wearing a jersey today of one athlete or another. Uh, so I've been following this for the last 25 years. And let me tell you, Jane, as we we're talking about during the break, there has been a completely different mental uh, or even cultural shift toward a plant-based diet or vegan lifestyle as far as the way that we perceive it. Jane, when I became plant-based 25 years ago, you know what people said to me? You know what people were, were, were commented about? They were worried about my health, my well-being. <laughs> there, there's no way, you know, this was 1995 before the internet really came around and was robust and people were using it. And people were saying, you're not going to get enough nutrition. I fear for your health. Jane, what do they say now a quarter of a century later? I know I should go vegan for my health. I know I should go plant-based, you know, to, for, for, my, for my health or to improve this condition or that condition or improve my biomarkers or to uh, drop some excess body fat or body weight perhaps or to have more energy or to reduce inflammation or to get more nutrition into my diet. That is what people are saying now. And as far as athletes go, Jane, we are seeing athletes from all walks of life, from all corners of the globe. In professional sports, you have the top men's tennis player in the world, Novak Djokovic, who's the player of the decade, who is plant-based and actually talks about it in interviews and says, hey, this, is, this has contributed to my success. This has helped me uh, with, my, with my energy, my endurance, my performance, my recovery. This is the real deal. We know about the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, and the impact that they have had on, not only on tennis, but as cultural icons and as some of the greatest female athletes of all time and their, their and their plant-based diets and how Venus, and maybe you don't know this, Jane, but she actually had to walk away from the sport that she has been playing since she was a little girl because of an autoimmune disease that caused so much pain and inflammation that she could not even hold a tennis racket. She adopted a plant-based diet, specifically a, a raw food plant-based diet at the time to help combat that inflammation. Not only did she return to tennis, she returned to tennis gloriously and won Wimbledon and an Olympic gold medal the very next year. And we are seeing this across the board, not just men's and women's tennis, but we're seeing it in the NBA with, with Kyrie Irving and JaVale McGee and Chris Paul, who's one of my favorites, and it was just playing in the NBA Finals. I had a chance to meet him at the, the Game Changers world premiere in Hollywood. And we're seeing this in the NFL, as you mentioned. 
and uh, and I met Derek Morgan as well when I was with Dotsie out in L.A., who was the, the the key guy on the Tennessee Titans featured in the Game yeah, Changer and yeah. who inspired his teammates to adopt this lifestyle. Hey, Robert, um, I'm going to jump in because we have another caller and I want to make sure she's not disconnected. Susan, your question. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much, Robert Cheek, for all your work. Um, busting the stereotypical myths about those weak little vegans that uh, are hard to find these days, those weak little vegans. And uh, I've been vegan for 40 years, and I've really seen a change, especially in the vegan bodybuilder world. Here in Fort Lauderdale, we have Tori Washington, Corinne right. Sutton, and a complete gym, super fit vegan gym. And so my question to you is, what do you have to say to my brother and father who are really macho and still think, even with all my evidence, that um, it, you can't be strong on a vegan diet? What, what's your answer to them? Well, Susan, thank you. And thank you for your commitment to a vegan lifestyle for 40 years. That's amazing. And my response is the proof is in the plant-based pudding. I mean, not only do you have Tori Washington and Corinne Sutton, who's one of the athletes featured in our book, you have Jeff Palmer, who's in his mid fifties and who's been vegan for 35 years and is a champion bodybuilder living out there in Florida. You have Jordan David, you have a whole bunch of other amazing athletes right there in Florida, but the, the examples are out there. I personally gained 100 pounds on a plant-based diet. That's part of my story. And I'm, I'm sure you probably are aware of that because that's, you know, the only reason I'm here talking to Jane today. I went from weighing 120 pounds in 1995 with dreams of getting bigger and stronger, unsure whether I could do it on a plant-based diet. And I peaked at 220 pounds earlier this year in 2021. So, uh, so I'm just one example. So Susan, what I would say is that we have to evaluate the examples that are out there and give them some sort of credit. And there are, there are many on the professional level, the elite level, but also just people down the street that we've met that have done amazing things in the athletic world or as far as transformations with their bodies. So I think the examples are out there and we just need to showcase those as often as possible. We've got another caller. Yeah. Marie, Marie, you. your question Thank or you, Susan. thought for the authors of The Plant-Based Athlete. You can order it now. The link is in the intro to this uh, podcast. Go ahead. Yes, well, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just came in a little while ago, so excuse the redundancy if my question is redundant. But I'm a woman over 50, and I just started a bodybuilding regimen. I used to do bodybuilding. I've lost a lot of muscle tone before I became vegan. But I'm trying to find out, like, what are good foods to eat and uh, to help build muscle in someone over 50? Great question. I'd like to know as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great question. Really, uh, and I'll just try to be brief here. The, the main thing is that we are consistent with our diet and exercise program and that we position ourselves to, to actually build muscle or build muscle tone, which often means uh, consuming some sort of slight calorie surplus if we're trying to build muscle. It means doing some sort of fasted cardiovascular training. And if we want to bring out more muscle definition, more tone, it means being consistent on a, on a daily and weekly basis with some sort of resistance weight training and all of that. But when it comes to food, I look at the, the food that the, the, the top bodybuilders in the world are consuming, uh, which are things like rice and sweet potatoes and broccoli and spinach and beans and foods like that. And, you know, just omitting the whey protein, omitting the eggs, omitting the steak that a lot of these, you know, big bodybuilders eat. But at the end of the day, they are, they are really gravitating toward these foods like sweet potatoes, which are calorie dense and filling and satiating and foods like broccoli that are, are alkaline forming and, and filled with vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and are one of the highest nutrient per calorie foods out there. And then beans of all types, which are a great longevity food, which Matt talks about a lot based on a lot of the Blue Zones work. Uh, this is a great carbohydrate and protein source that is good for pre or post-workout and recovery. And so, and also about 500 calories per pound, making it fairly calorie dense. So it's foods like that, as well as focus on the most anti-inflammatory foods that you can possibly get the, the, the ginger and turmeric and those types of foods to add into smoothies or into a breakfast bowl or something like that, or a post-workout shake. 
And then also the leafy green vegetables packed with nitric oxide to help uh, dilate blood vessels and get more blood flow and more nutrients to cells throughout the body, which can help exercise and help recovery and, and all of that. And so it's eating a variety in that spectrum. And in our book, we list a lot of those foods in different categories of some of the best foods of fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, nuts, and seeds. And of course, you know, variety is key as well. Matt, I want to ask about longevity. Uh, Robert brought it up. Connection between longevity and plant-based, your thoughts. Yeah, so Robert mentioned the blue zones, which uh, is one of my favorite uh I guess, ways of thinking about longevity. And that's uh, so based on work by Dan Buettner. Uh, he's got a great book called The Blue Zones uh, and then several follow-ups as well. But it basically looks at the, the, the pockets around the world that produce the largest um, number of centenarians per capita. So basically the, the most amount of people living to be 100 years old uh, relative to the size of the population where they're looking at. And uh, if you look at these pockets of the world, they're not 100% plant-based. One of them is a, is the vegetarian slash vegan community out in California. Um, but the other ones are, are, you know, they eat very little amounts of meat. They eat it maybe once every, you know, two weeks as part of a big festival, or they'll have it as kind of a condiment. Um, but largely the diets are plant-based and beans are one of the foods that is in just about all of these cultures. I mean, it is a primary food in all of these cultures, I should say. Um, so, so beans, of course, like Robert mentioned, are, are just a really great longevity food. Um, you know, it goes beyond just diet. Diet is, is part of it. Of course, there's lifestyle. There's, there's how you, you know, surround yourself with, with people you love. There's a sense of purpose. There's fitness. There's all that stuff. But when it comes back to diet, to me, a plant-based diet just checks so many of the boxes uh, in, in helping you. Basically, if you're, if you're basing your diet on whole plants, um, it's very easy to, to consume many of the most important, most longevity-promoting foods there are. Uh, whereas if a whole bunch of your calories are coming from animal products and those animal products are not known to be longevity foods by and large, uh, then you have a lot less room to work with. And you've got to then become really choosy about your foods for longevity. So, uh, as you mentioned, we know that that processed meat, uh, is known to be a, a cancer causing agent. Um, we don't have that problem with plant-based diet. Many, many other of the world's leading killers, the diseases that kill the most people, as everyone who knows, Dr. Greger, who wrote the forward to our book, nutritionfacts.org is his site. Um, he's all about talking about these leading killers in our society and how can we prevent them. And plant-based diets are linked to such a reduction in so many of those top killers, heart disease, cancer, stroke, uh, even things like Alzheimer's. I mean, it, it, the, it, diabetes, um, it's just, you know, the plant-based diet is, is so good at that. Uh, so to me, like if you can, if even without yet evidence that says, Yes, it is completely clear plant-based diet compared to these diets helps you live longer. Um, there's some research that points to that, but it's hard for me to, to you know, honestly say that, yes, plant-based diet absolutely is going to make you live the longest, but there are lots and lots of studies that demonstrate that a plant-based diet is going to lessen or, or minimize your risks of these leading uh, diseases, these leading death-causing diseases. And to me, if you, can, if you can get all those benefits, reducing all the leading causes of death through your diet, then to me, that's the diet that I want to bet on as far as longevity goes. And we are talking to the authors of The Plant-Based Athlete, a game-changing approach to peak performance. What about soy? Now, the meat dairy industry has gone out of its way to demonize soy. And even some doctors have picked up on it and go, oh, soy, women shouldn't eat soy, which actually is the opposite. It doesn't have hormones. It has phytoestrogens, which are completely different. Um, what can you tell us about that? Either, either one of you, who wants to take that one? I mean, I can, I can start us off really quickly. You mentioned the, the phytoestrogens, these isoflavones that, that, uh, you know, they, they act like proestrogen in, in some circumstances in the body. And, and it turns out that the tissues in your body that benefit from more estrogen, treat them like estrogen. And those that benefit from less estrogen actually treat them as anti-estrogen. So they teach them as the opposite, something that reduces the effect of estrogen on your body. So to me, that's, that's a, a huge thing, right? That, that undermines this whole idea that, that the soy, the estrogen in soy is, is going to be a problem for you. Uh, and if you look at the data, as you mentioned, soy actually reduces the incidence of many of these cancers that, that people claim it actually increases the risk of, which is just crazy that that, that, that message has gotten mixed up the way it has. Um, you know, I, is there even a re reason to limit soy? I'm not sure. Uh, I think if you eat it within a reasonable amount, you know, several times a week, even you're totally fine. I know there are these anecdotal things or, or the cases of the, the people who, men who develop man boobs. And I think that happened like to one or two people and they ate, drank quarts and quarts of soy milk for
for like three months in a row. And then the problem was reversed when they stopped doing that. So like, it, it's just an extreme amount I of- I see man boobs all over the place. <laughs> yeah, right. and I can assure you they're not on vegans. Right, right. it has to do I with have, exce excess body fat. Window. I see people jogging by with man boobs all the time. And so uh, that, you know, they try to put this on. This is the, the what I would call the selective indignation it's just like when Beyond Meat Burgers came out, all of a sudden, these newscasters who couldn't care less about the fact that processed meat is cancer-causing, never mentioned it, and also that 99% of all processed foods are meat and dairy-based, okay? <laughs> like uh, deli slices, right? All that's processed. They never say a word about that. And then as soon as uh, mashed-up peas come in the form of a burger, all of a sudden, oh, it's processed. See what I mean? Well, and, and it's Jane, bias. It's and Jane, isn't it something like 90% of genetically modified soy is, gro is grown to feed to livestock, which then, you know, is part of the, the nutrients that builds their tissue. And so people who are consuming meat all the time are basically consuming a bunch of processed soy as a byproduct, yet it's something they claim to be uh, strongly against. But, uh, but, but the, you know, the muscle, the tissue, the meat they eat is, uh, you know, often largely built by soy. And also look at some of the, the healthiest populations, uh, particularly in Asian countries who've been consuming soy for years and years and years and generations and generations and have, uh, you know, typically a, a low body mass index and, and, you know, great longevity and great endurance, great health and, and all of that. And, and soy is a big part of that. And as Matt said, we also have, you know, scores of examples of, of how soy can help fight off cancer. You know, it can help fight off some of our, our, our common cancers that, uh, that plague the Western world. And so I think soy is a great food. The only thing that I would say is to avoid the heavily processed soy, you know, as often as possible. We don't, we don't need to eat the, uh, the, the soy you know, fried chicken every single day. A great vegan treat every now and then, of course. But uh, I just had some a couple of days ago in Boulder over at Native Foods when I was signing books out in Boulder. I stopped at Native Foods and had some vegan chicken wings and well, it was fantastic. Yeah, they say, well, what do you eat? Grass? Well, no, look at this panoply of foods that you can eat that are all whole food plant-based. Well, I don't have time to cook. Okay, well then uh, 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 you can get uh, some of these processed food, but they're processed. See, there's... There's that sort Everything of is. attitude that here's why I can't do it. And uh, then there's that ultimate question. Well, if you were on a desert island and the only thing you could possibly eat is a pig, A, it's not a thing. B, I'd say, well, I'd eat what the pig's eating. Because if the pig's there, the, the pig's eating something. So uh, there's an attempt, I think, by people who are resistant to create all these sort of fairy tale scenarios whereby they're justifying why they can't do something that is so easy to do. And it couldn't be easier than today. Um, so th the question is, um, how do we encourage people to do it? Everybody, I would think, wants to be healthier. Everybody, look, two thirds of Americans are overweight uh, or obese. That's just a statistical fact. Yeah. Uh, everybody, uh, the diet industry is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Everybody wants to uh, be as fit as they can. Um, and this is a great way to do it. We're going to take another short break on Voice America Radio. Uh, we're going to stay live on Facebook. Though. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-484-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are talking to two amazing plant-based athletes. Our new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, a great gift, a great book to read. And what I, I've been leafing through it, but I'm very excited to see the exact recipes that the, the world's top vegan athletes eat. What do they eat? Because I want what they're having, right? And so that's very exciting because if I eat like that, uh, well, maybe I'll have the same results. Uh, so uh, we were talking about vegan bodybuilders. Um, again, the strongest man in Germany, Robert Cheek, um, all these folks, and they have done a tour. Nimai Delgado, who is an incredible bodybuilder and spokesperson, was telling me on a panel, he said, some of these athletes eat like huge amounts of chicken every day. Now, the, the antibiotics, the hormones, the chemicals, um, that's not a good idea. And yet so many bodybuilders are still there. Uh, how do we break through to them? Yeah, Jane, I just want to address that quickly because I've lived in this bodybuilding industry for almost 25 years now. And I can tell you firsthand from just what I've experienced for quarter century is that mainstream bodybuilders, professional football players, and pro wrestlers are some of the shortest lived people on the planet. So many people I've met didn't make it past 45, never made it into their 50s uh, because of a diet and lifestyle that was so heavy, so heavy in animal protein. They had heart attacks, they had organ failure, they had cardiac events. And this is just, this is really rampant throughout bodybuilding. It's no secret if you're, if you're aware of these industries, and many people may not, not be, but if you follow pro football, pro wrestling, pro bodybuilding, uh, very short-lived lifespans. And it's it's very unfortunate because like you said, some of these athletes who are still current, you know, I'm retired now as a retired champion bodybuilder, but Tori Washington still competing at a high level, Nima Delgado at a high level. They are showing unequivocally that you can build an amazing physique without any animal protein, without harming animals whatsoever. Let me and jump so- in and say, okay, you go to these events. It's like, the football head injuries. It's a story that's out there. People have talked about it. This also eating a very, very animal rich diet that is going to cause the high cholesterol that leads to heart right. disease, that leads to heart attacks, et cetera. When, why, why, why isn't it universally accepted? And I yeah. understand the news media does not talk about this. They should do a story on this, but they don't because they're based. Look at the advertisers. They're selling the very food that is causing this problem. So you're not going to yeah. get it from, from the mainstream media, but you'd think at a certain point that people would wise up. Right. Uh, so like you mentioned- the board. In other words, that the tables would have turned. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, Jane, there's a over $100 billion uh, sports nutrition industry. These events, the big bodybuilding events, these big, huge events are sponsored by the way protein industry, casein protein industry, the the- you know, the dairy supplement industry. Uh, so yeah, it's hard to create change from within when there's so much money in there and there's so much influence in there. And then these 
top representatives, whether it was Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the 70s and 80s or the bodybuilders and fitness icons of today, even, even some of these great iconic basketball players doing the Got Milk commercials, there's money, there's influence, and the fact that the, this is the big one, Jane. So why aren't people doing it? Why aren't people getting on board is the fact that for a lot of people, change is hard. And routines are, are built in to our system. And we do the same thing all the time. And we we resist change. We fear change. Even if we see well, the environment on fire. Arnold Schwarzenegger has changed. If I remember correctly, he is. Isn't he in the Game Changers? Yeah, yes, he's not. He hasn't yeah. fully, you know, he hasn't fully but, but changed. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's. He used to run a restaurant over here near where I live that had a lot of, uh, you know, Wiener Schnitzel. Now he's not doing that. And he acknowledged, I think, right in the film that, it's a marketing campaign. The idea that meat gives you protein, right? Matt? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was good. That was good. I like that. Um, <laughs> it is. It comes down to marketing, and and but also comes down to habit change and a desire to create that change. So Matt and I both came to this lifestyle for ethics, morals, animal rights reasons. We later became uh, interested in the nutrition aspect and and wrote books on the subject. But uh, for a lot of people, it's they're coming to this lifestyle for health for wellness, for longevity, for athletic performance. And I think we just need more and more of these fitness icons who are leading the way. If we can get LeBron James, we can get some of these big muscular. I want to say this. I was watching TV and I was sort of horrified because my understanding is Tom Brady is plant-based. He's the most successful football player in the history of football. From what I could tell, every time I turn on the TV, he's winning another Super Bowl. Um, And yet he was doing a commercial for um, saying, I want this turkey sandwich. And Subway, I'm saying, right? Yeah, Subway. I'm yeah. like, don't you have enough money, dude? <laughs> I mean, really, you're plant-based and you're hawking turkey, which hypothetically you're not even eating. I mean, some people are not strict. Occasionally they might, but he's known for being plant-based. This is the insanity of our, I'm sorry, I get upset when I think about it. Matt, yeah, um, uh, yeah weigh in here on this. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. It is insane. I mean, in fairness, Tom Brady is, you know, we say that he's plant-centered, meaning we're not trying to trick people and make them think that he eats 100% plant-based diet because he doesn't, but he eats a very, very, a diet that is very, very high in vegetables. Um, you know, he he's, we can't call him vegan. We by we could stretch it and call it plant-based depending on your definition of plant-based, but, he's, but he eats a lot of plants. Um, but that's not yet where the money is, right? There, there aren't a lot of of companies looking to, to, um, you know, exploit the fact that Tom Brady eats so many vegetables because there's just not a whole lot of money in that. Certainly the, the, the plant-based nutrition industry for sports is growing. Plant-based supplement industry for sports is growing. Those opportunities will be coming. Um, but you're right. It's completely indicative of the situation. I mean, like we haven't yet mentioned Nick Squires, who, who is in our book. He's a California state deadlift champion record holder. And like, you think about deadlifting, powerlifting, uh, strength to weight ratio, I mean, this is, this is just such an expression of, of sheer strength and power. And then you've got Patrick Baboumian, uh, who we've mentioned, the, the strong man, also has some world records himself. Uh, I believe he carried 1,200 pounds or something. Yeah, some the distance. Yeah, and so, and just like, you know, we know about these people, uh, but you, like that, that is a remarkable story that there are people eating 100% vegan diets, some of them for ethical reasons, some of them for performance reasons, and these same people have world records, like not, not just like that they happen to get lucky and win an event. They have done more than anyone has ever done under these circumstances. Um, and, and that is, that isn't like a huge story in the media. You would think that that would just be a huge thing. And so that, you know, you've got to think that the reason it's not is because there are other factors at play here. There's other stuff that's going on uh, that prevents media from, from really fully covering that stuff. And so much of it, it has to do with advertising dollars. So uh, it's happening my answer to the woman earlier who asked about, about, you know, the, the husband and father, whoever was brother, maybe who, who wouldn't believe it, like shed light on some of these issues on these, on these examples of people who are literally the strongest that any human has ever been at this event. And they're doing it with plant-based diets. I don't know what more evidence you need. Obviously we need more numbers of that. We need larger scale scientific studies and they're beginning to happen, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it's happening. It's, it's slow to change. The, the forces are there are, that are existing and, and it, we're, we're moving in the right direction, but I think it's just it's, it's sure just kind of frustrating are. to watch it. It's very hard to see change in real time. Yes, that, and, that is true. Uh, as Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. 
And uh, leafing through this book, I know I'm already going to try one recipe because I actually eat pretty healthy. I actually uh, started ordering fruits and vegetables delivered, which I found really helps because if they're in the house, I'll eat it. And somebody said the other day in another interview we were doing, create an environment that is conducive to reaching your goals. In other words, don't put a bunch of uh, uh, junk food in your refrigerator and expect that you're going to eat kale for lunch. Uh, but I have a very serious sweet tooth. That is my Achilles heel. And I just found healthy fudge bars recipe. One of the extreme athletes, one cup pitted dates, a half a cup almonds, a quarter cup walnuts, a half a cup unsweetened cocoa powder, two ripe bananas, quarter cup almond butter, and a quarter cup agave nectar. I am going to create this because if I can create healthy sweets that satisfy that sweet tooth, that it's there, it's in the hard drive, it's not going anywhere, I've tried. That's one of the things that I think is super important. Um, and there are ways to get healthy sweets uh, so that you're not in a deprivation situation. And, and that's maybe the final thing. We've got a couple of minutes left. Um, deprivation doesn't work. It doesn't work with dieting. It doesn't work with overcoming any kind of addiction because deprivation leads to stress and resentment, which leads to a desire to be defiant, which leads to a binge, which leads to remorse. The remorse wears off and the cycle starts anew. So uh, uh, this is not a sacrifice. Right. That's, what, that's one of the key things that we've got to get across to people. It's like, you're actually even going to be happier because your serotonin levels that determine your level of happiness are determined by your gut biome. And when you're eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, and legumes, your gut biome is fabulous and you're happy. We're a happy bunch. And also Jane, sorry, really quickly, the, the way to get there, because you, as you mentioned, like you can't deprivation and, and even reliance on willpower uh, I mean, that works in in movies and on TV, the the whole willpower story when someone makes a dramatic, you know, transformation in their life. Very rarely does that actually work in real life. So my my advice for people who are looking to experience it, because it is not hard to be plant-based, it does make you feel happier, it levels out your emotions, but you have to get through the period where it where it's different, where it's a change and it's hard. And to me, getting there, the way to do it is, is to start in the smallest steps possible. You don't have to go plant-based overnight in order to eventually get there. Uh, for in fact, you know, your goal may never even be, to, may not be to be hundred percent plant-based. And for some people, if they think about that as their future, then suddenly they're not interested anymore because they don't want to imagine that future, but just start by eating more plants. Like that's how, that's how I started. I wanted to eat less chicken and beef. So that's what I started doing. And then a year later I was feeling great. And I said, okay, I'm going to stop eating the, the chicken and turkey as well. And then eventually it was, I'm going to stop eating the fish. Never did I say I'm going vegan. It was just always, let's do a little bit more plants, a little bit less meat, less dairy. And I just felt better and better and better. So uh, if there's any food that you absolutely love, you don't have to give that up right away or ever if you don't want to. Uh, but I'd say just like start adding adding more vegetables. If you can start in the morning, breakfast time, can you make can you eat a plant-based breakfast? Yes, you can because oatmeal and smoothies are plant-based and so are many other things. And then do that for a week, two weeks, three weeks, do it however long you need to. And then eventually, can I eat a plant-based lunch? Yep, you can do that too. You can have a salad with beans and dressing on it. You can do lots of other things too. But my point is give yourself, you know, be kind to yourself take the time you need to gradually transition to a plant-based diet. Uh, if you want to just try it overnight, by all means, go for it. But uh, if it doesn't work out, then, then come back and try step-by-step step the way I'm suggesting. Gentlemen, we are out of time. You guys are so inspiring to me personally, and I hope to those who are watching and listening and also get this book. I can't wait to try some of the recipes of the world's top plant-based athletes. And if you see me running at a high speed down your block, you'll know why. Thank you so much, uh, really, for taking the time. I appreciate all that you do. Um, bye. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Appreciate the opportunity today. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.